And now, the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith. On today's show, we feature Troy Duell, managing partner at Centurion Labs. We had a guy who was with us for six months, but he was not a believer, had spent some time with us, and two months ago, got an email or a text from his dad saying that this young man had just become a believer. And a lot of that was attributed to his time when he was with us. So those are things that I think are much more valuable than than the bottom line. Hello, everyone. This is Ray Hilbert, your host here at Bottom Line Faith. We would like to welcome you back to another edition of the program where we like to uh, travel the country, and we have the incredible privilege of interviewing top Christian business leaders and thought leaders from a wide variety of fields and areas of discipline. We've interviewed CEOs and entrepreneurs with startup companies and uh, those who are leading large multinational global corporations. Uh, We have had the opportunity to interview athletes and uh, celebrities of all sorts here at the program at Bottom Line Faith. And so the analogy we like to use here, if you're a familiar listener to the program, is this is where we're going to lift the hood and we're going to tinker around in the engine of Christian leadership like a mechanic would. We're going to poke around here and poke around there and, and see what we can learn and what we can hear. We're going to talk about failures. We're going to talk about successes. We're going to talk about integration of faith in the marketplace. And so if you're a new listener, welcome. If this is your first time checking out the program, if you're a regular subscriber here at Bottom Line Faith, welcome back. If you're not a subscriber and would like to be, go to bottomlinefaith.org. That is our website, bottomlinefaith.org. And uh, you can listen to all of our, we have dozens and dozens of interviews there. You can listen to any or all of our previous episodes. And if you scroll down to the bottom of that page, you can subscribe to the program on Stitcher, on uh, Google Play, uh, iTunes Store. You know, those are the normal places to subscribe to your podcast. So check us out, Bottom Line Faith. If you are a Christ follower who you are, a, as we like to say, you sign the front side of a paycheck. You're a business owner, a president, or a CEO. And uh, if you would be interested in learning about a community of like-minded believers who are in business, who come together and encourage one another and challenge one another, of followers of Christ in business, check out the website truthatwork.org, truthatwork.org. We are at Truth at Work, the host ministry for the Bottom Line Faith Program. When you go to the Truth at Work website, click on the tab there that says Roundtables, and you will be able to learn about the community of Roundtable members across the country in dozens of different cities. Just contact us there, and we'll follow up with you. Well, listen, folks, I am really pumped about today's episode. Once again, we are in Birmingham, Alabama. I've said on previous uh, interviews here that this is somewhat beginning to feel like home away from home. This is probably my ninth or tenth trip into this city. It's a beautiful city. If you've never been here, great people. And it's not only in the Bible Belt, I call it kind of the buckle, the polished brass buckle in the center of the Bible Belt. Some amazing churches, amazing followers of Christ down here and some of America's top Christian business leaders headquartered right here in Birmingham. And today, our guest is Troy Duell, and Troy is the managing partner at Centurion Labs. Troy, welcome to Bottom Line Faith. Ray, excited to be here. Appreciate you having me. So are you from the area? I actually grew up in Florida, in Tallahassee, Florida. My mom was from Alabama. That's where I got my Alabama roots, I guess, and ended up going to the University of Alabama and graduated from there and have been a roll tide ever since. 
So you have drunk the Kool-Aid. I am uh, officially drinking the Kool-Aid, yes, day in and day out. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. And You know, for those who listen to the program, from a football standpoint, they know I'm a Notre Dame fan, and so uh, I get a little bit of heat down here in, you know, Alabama country. But I learned something yesterday that I didn't know, and that was that um, Bear Bryant never beat Notre Dame in football. Did you know that? I don't think I did know that. I didn't know that either. I, I knew we didn't like Notre Dame, and that's yeah. probably why. <laughs> now, I do know this. Uh, Alabama has certainly beat Notre Dame recently, so we won't go there right now. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so, so Troy, th- thanks for joining the program. So uh, we're going to get into your background and your, you know, how you came to Christ and those sorts of things. But, but kick us off by helping us understand what is Centurion Labs, what do you do, and what does success look like there? Centurion Labs is just a small pharmaceutical company. We've been around for about 10 years. We decided to go into the generic realm of pharmaceuticals and about five years ago made the, made the leap to go into the brand world. And with that brand world, I think it gave us an opportunity to really invest in people's lives who come on board with us. And to us, that's where the success comes in. Whether these people are with us for two months or 10 years, we want to make sure that when they come they are, or when they leave, they're better than when they came in when they started with us. You bet. And that's really our goal. You bet. And so um, being in the pharmacy, uh, pharmaceutical industry, what's the niche? Where's your area of specialty? Who do you call on? What kinds of products do you offer? Yeah, typically we're calling on women's health. So uh-huh. OBGYNs, a great deal of the time is, is where we're spending uh, most of our time. And then we also have pediatric products and uh, urgent cares and family practice. So those are our main focuses right now. We've got about 10 products that we currently offer out there, and seven of those are in the brand world, and three of them are still in the generic world. Very good. And what kind of geographical uh, land do you cover? We we are really heavy basis within the southeast. Our sales stretch throughout the country, but our sales reps themselves are just within the southeast. So from Virginia to Louisiana, Texas. Very good. And let's talk just a little bit, because as of the time of us doing this interview, there, you know, there's a lot of talk and in, in out of Washington, D.C. about, you know, changing the ACA and, and so forth. What are you seeing, being in this industry, I'm just curious, what are you seeing as some of the challenges going on in healthcare right now? We, 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 we've heard it's a, quote, mess. But what are the challenges you're seeing? And how is your company trying, what space are you trying to step in to address some of those issues? I think you're you're dead on by saying it's a mess because it is truly a mess. And I think part of the reason it is a mess is we've gotten away from the consumer actually knowing how much things cost. My wife recently went to the physician and was asked to get an MRI, for example, and she was given three different quotes. One was $10,000, one was $5,000, and one was $300. And if she had gone through the normal realm or normal channel of insurance, she'd had no idea how much that really cost. And the same is true within pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals, medical devices, surgeries, we have gotten so far removed from how much it really cost that I think it's taking a toll on the industry itself. So what we want to do is try to bring back some transparency. So with our pricing, we want everything to be a cash pay price as opposed to a copay or insurance. Very good. That's the second story along those lines I've heard this week. And, and, and any anybody listening to the program, they're probably got it. They can identify with that, right? It's like, what does this really cost? How much do I really owe? And what's the write-off? I mean, it, it is crazy. It is. And anytime you've seen those bills, we've all seen them. When we get them, we have no idea what half of it means or where these charges come from or anything else. So 
I really think transparency is the best avenue for us within the industry. And it is crazy because I, I mean, maybe I'm just short-sighted here, but I can't think of any other industry that works like this. Uh, I don't believe there is one. <laughs> there isn't one. And it's one that's kind of important. Very important. One-fifth of our economy. Yes, yes. Wow, very good. So, uh, what, what is your? Did you help start the company, or maybe give us a little bit of your own career background? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I came from the pharmaceutical background, pharmaceutical industry. Started with a small company actually here in Birmingham. We got to about 150, 300 reps, so we were nationwide at the time, and then moved on to a biotech company called Actilian, and then Allergan. Most people are familiar with Allergan. That's Botox, Juvederm, uh, the big cosmetic world. So I, I went from making the world healthy to making it a little prettier, uh, <laughs> but got a great understanding of the cash pay world with Allergan and an understanding of the insurance world through the other two opportunities that I had. And from there, I really had a desire to make a difference and to create a pharmaceutical company that was a little bit different than the others that were out there. I'd been exposed to a lot of things, a lot of great things, a lot of great people, but nothing that was kind of top down to where you knew that this was all about a mission, a mission to make people better, whether they're your patients or whether they're your clients or whether they're your employees. And that was kind of my driving force to start it, I guess, about 10 years ago. Yeah. So um, take us back to those early days. So you were in a corporate career pathway, right? And God touched your heart. Hey, go in this direction. What was that like? Was it scary? Was it easy? Was it, you know, total uncertainty? For you, what was that transition like? For me, what what I ended up doing was taking a weekend and going up to the mountains and camping for two days and really just pouring myself in prayer and pouring myself in scripture to make sure this was something that I wanted to do, that I was being called to do. And I I have a firm belief that businesses not only a place for a mission, but it is a true calling because there are so many things that come up that if we don't make sure that God is a part of it, then we can quickly go down a path that's not so good. So spent some time in prayer. So yes, it was very scary from the standpoint of I was leaving security. My wife wasn't real sure about it. She loved the job we were in, was going to be taking a much lower salary. Yeah. But I, as I felt it was a calling, we both uh, made the agreement and spent some time in prayer and decided to make the jump. Okay, fantastic. I I, uh, I think I shared on one other episode of Bottom Line Faith one time. I talked to this uh, other uh, fellow who had been in business, and he said, I think there's three things that every uh, American should have to do. He says, go into the military to learn respect, uh, go on a missions trip to learn gratitude, and start a business to learn faith. Uh, truer words could not have been spoken, I think, because I will have to say my faith has been stretched and grown greater than any time I can think or imagine, because your faith grows every season of life, and certainly saw it as I was growing up, saw it when I got married, because you realize that you're really not as good as you think you are when you get married, and then you have kids, and you realize that Life is not all about you again a second time. Yeah. And then you start a business and you really begin to understand and see the impact that God's the one in control. This is his business and he's going to have to provide because I could work 24 hours a day, but ultimately if God's not in it, it's not going to work. Yeah. And and so how, how, as you look back now over the last decade and in this venture and, and probably every 
person listening to this interview who started a company or had a venture that they helped to launch or invested in and took risk, right? They can relate to what you're talking about here. So we define success here at Bottom Line Faith as if one person could be encouraged, if one person could, you know, move to that next step, that next thing that God is calling him to, and so forth. So what word of encouragement would you have for somebody listening to the program right now? Maybe God's given them a vision, or maybe they're not even sure it's from God, but they've got an idea, they've got a a thought, a a hope, something they want to start or launch or move on to. How would you encourage that person? What would you advise them to do? I would definitely advise anybody who's in that situation to spend time in prayer, not just with themselves, but corporately with other other believers, with their wife, with their friends, whoever it may be, and understand, I, I don't know how old I was when I heard this, but understanding that God is not a God of confusion. Yeah, He's not a God of chaos. He's a God of comfort and peace. And I think when we spend time in prayer and we spend time going to Him and seeking counsel, godly counsel, then that peace overcomes and that confusion and chaos starts to subside. Not to say there aren't chaotic days still, but uh, understanding that God is still the one in control and ultimately being able to go to sleep at night with that understanding. Yeah, that's good. He, uh, he, he never surprised, right? And I've learned he's uh, never early and he's mm. never late. He just, it feels that way to us at times. Yes, it does. Yeah, uh, but he's always on time. So <clears throat> you're 10 years into this venture, right? And so um, what have you learned about yourself over the last 10 years? I would say there is a lot that I've learned about myself from the standpoint of just my faith was a lot shallower and weaker when I first started. I think uh, you learn that maybe you were a bit more prideful when you first start things, and you come to understand that, again, all our reliance is on God. And if we can sit back and trust Him and trust those people that He puts in your life instead of trying to take control, and I, that, that may be the key, is maybe I was a control freak and I didn't know it. Mm. And being able to step back and just give it to God and say, it's yours, and then when God brings good people to give them a piece of that and let them take care of it instead of you having to take care of it. It sounds to me, well, it, it's it's obvious to me, let me put it that way. Your faith in God has been strengthened. Your faith in the Lord as you started and built and growing this business has been the foundation there. But could you could you think of any like practical or overt practices or disciplines that you've instituted into the company that are uh, based on biblical principles or as, as a direct result of your faith in God? Does anything come to mind? Maybe a way you interact or the, something you offer, something you do. Does anything at all come to mind? Yeah, I, I think one thing that we try to do is we are very intentional or try to be very intentional with each and every person who comes through. And through that, our tagline with Centurion is leading to make life better. And what we're hoping is that every interaction, we are making life better for our employees, for our clients, for our customers, whoever it may be. But along those pieces, we also have some core values, some of which are, you know, every life has a story to love your neighbor. And if we can continue those mantras all the way through of finding a way, looking for excellence and working hard, 
all those pieces that we need to put in place to really be successful as individuals yeah. and successful from a company standpoint. That, to me, is the key. And then we also want to celebrate when our employees do something well. So we have milestones in place that we'll work alongside them if they have a charity that they desire. We want to give money to their charity and try to always in the back of our minds making sure we understand this isn't about us, Mm. that it's only about them and it's only about God. Yeah, fantastic. And so then the flip side of the coin is, um, how how does being in business uh, sometimes challenge your faith, or, or 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 what are some of those rough spots of trying to live out your faith in the context of business? It's a great question because I think there are so many areas that challenge your faith. It could be from from finances, but I think the the one that sticks out the most to me are just dealing with people. Yes, in in particular employees. Because you can look at look at it from a business standpoint, and you read all the business books, and they say trim the fat, cut the fat, whatever it is, but we're called to look at them as people and to love them well. And does that mean sometimes praying through it and holding somebody for six months longer than maybe you should have, or does it mean letting them go when it's a hard thing to do? And you have to look at people in the eye and really trust your counsel and trust your prayer time that you're seeking God for the right reasons and letting them go for the right reasons or holding on to them for the right reasons. We want to develop trust within our people, trust within our people, and then we have a downturn and we cut a quarter of the people because we want to meet budget. Well, we say we value people, but what we are really valuing is the budget instead of those people. And that's where I I think it's hard as a believer to come in and love them well, and maybe you have to make personal sacrifices or something else in the business can go before you push that. Um, and when do you sacrifice those few, or when do you hold on to them? And, and those things are, are not easy. But I think that's why your faith has grown so much more, and it has to be a calling. You can't just go in this fly by night. That's a great point. That is a great point. So as you look back, particularly over the last decade since starting the company, what comes to mind is maybe one of your biggest mistakes or failures that um, stand out to you? What what did you learn from that? How did your faith play a role in that? Let's talk a little bit about failure. You know, I think my biggest mistake when I started uh, the company and brought it in was when we brought people on, one of my biggest, I I guess, issues or hang-ups was, hey, these are grown-ups. They'll do what they need to do. We don't have to over-manage them. We don't have to have a lot of accountability out there. But I really came to understand that accountability is a great thing, and accountability is a, a wonderful driving force. And without it, you have a lot of people just floundering out there. It's how we relay that accountability that I think makes all the difference. Uh, The scripture talks about speaking truth in love, and Mm -hmm. I think there is no greater way to speak truth in love than through accountability. And I think that, within the last 10 years, has probably been the greatest thing for me to learn uh, and understand that, hey, if there is no accountability, people will try to get away with everything. So I know that anyone listening to the program, if you started a business and you started a venture, you know that as your company uh, grows, um, your handbook gets thicker, 
you bring on more policies, and it's not because you're trying to be legalistic, but you know it's because you're trying to be a good steward, and you just have to have the overall health of the organization in mind. It's but it's that, that's a tension. That's a tough tension. It really is, and I don't know that we've gotten great at it. I know we have gotten much better at it, and we're going to continue to grow with it, and really trying to minimize those things that you don't have to have. Yeah. With those things that you really need and make sure that you're holding people to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So kind of in this whole vein of, uh, you know, mistakes, lessons learned, and so forth, can you think back over the course, and, and maybe it's been in the last few years or perhaps at another chapter in your life, can you think of some of the best advice you were given, uh, who gave it to you, and what impact does it have on you yet today? I guess I've, I've been fortunate to get a lot of great advice, and it's hard for me to to sit back and go, was there one thing that I was given, but I think probably the biggest thing was just do your work. Keep your kitchen clean was one manager kind of gave me that adage. And what he meant by that was there are things that we have to do to keep business moving forward and keep our lives moving forward. And it's those disciplines that we don't like. Yeah. I mean, how many of us like to clean dishes or wipe down the counter afterwards to get the food off? But if we don't, we know it attracts bugs. We know that there's going to be mold. We know there's going to be all kinds of things that yeah. can come into play. So if we do our best at just keeping our kitchen clean, then most of the other things will fall into place. Yeah. And, and probably the second one is to keep the chaos moving forward because that's truly what you're doing. There is a lot of times a lot of moving parts and a lot of different things that you're doing and just remembering that we're to persevere and push through whatever it is that's going on I think those are probably the best pieces of advice. I like that. Keep the chaos moving forward. I hadn't heard that before, but that it's true. I love it. Spot on. So let me let me ask you this. Um, Ten years in, if you had a chance to go back to day one and do something differently, what would you do differently than what you did? I think starting off with that process, the accountability, making sure that that process and accountability was in place for everybody. And if you do that and you lay it down strong to begin with, then I think a lot of those issues take care of themselves. Well, uh, somebody told me once that uh, business is a lot like church. They, they'd both be a lot of fun if it wasn't for the people. Yes. Right. <laughs> so what I'm what I'm hearing in that is having that intentionality. So there's probably somebody now on the front end or early end of the business that, hey, we're just going to go out and sell. We're just going to go out and generate revenue, and let's just see where this thing goes. I hear you saying, hold, hold on, build some accountability, build some structure from day one because it's only going to prove to be a great investment, right? Absolutely. And in that, don't forget that intentionality of, dealing with them as a person, you know, speaking the truth in love to them and whatever it is that they're doing. You know, we've had, I think, some of the greatest testimonies. We had a guy who was with us for, he was with us for six months, but he was not a believer, had spent some time with us. And our James, who is our operations manager, spent a lot of time with him, was a good friend of his. Of his. And two months ago, he got an email or a text from his dad saying that, this young man had just become a believer. And a lot of that was attributed to his time when he was with us. So those are things that I think are much more valuable than 
than the bottom line for us. What a great platform. What a great platform. Folks, we're speaking with Troy Doyle. He's the managing partner at Centurion Labs here in Birmingham, Alabama. Troy, if someone could, uh, wanted to learn more about you, more about the business, what's the best way for them to, to check that out? Probably going to centurionlabs.com. Okay. That's our website. So you can always go there and find out a little bit more about us. The name. Where did the name come from? What inspired that? I was actually reading a book called The Centurion Principles. It's a great book and biblically based. And the whole idea behind it was centurions lead from the front lines. And of course, it tied it back into the centurion where he went to Jesus and said, hey, just tell me and I'll go back and I know they'll be healed because that's what I do. And I think from that standpoint and learning the principles of a centurion, that's where we came from. We wanted to not just lead, but we wanted to be in the fight as we were leading and be a part of something a little bit bigger than ourselves. I love it. A couple more questions for you, Troy, and thanks for being here today. This is just just fun getting Thank to know you. you and hearing more about your business and God's calling on your business. Um, what what do you see moving forward? Um, what do you see, you know, the next chapter in the growth of your company, the growth in your faith, whatever? How would you answer that question? It's a great question because I think we always need to be focused on that vision that God has for us. And honestly, I think our vision is to have men and women working for us who are out with the opportunity each day to go into a doctor's office, a nurse's office, or to visit nurses or customers or whoever it may be. And they have an opportunity not just to be insular within Birmingham, but they're doing it across the southeast, across the country. And that, to me, is what excites me. They get to be a missionary within the United States to people who more than likely are not going to a church. They aren't going to any ministry at all, but they can be salt and light. And if we can help them and help develop their business skills and sales skills and get excellent at what they do and allow the gospel to come through that, then I would say we would have been successful as a company. Uh, as a really, really great definition of success. And I think it's actually a great segue. Troy, for our, for our regular listeners, they'll know this, that we ask every guest this one question. It's always the last question, and it's based out of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, where Solomon writes these words. He says, Above all else, guard your heart, for from it flows the wellspring of life. And so he's really saying, guard your motives, guard your intentions, guard your purpose as to what God would have you do and be. And so I want you to just kind of uh, imagine uh, you're towards the tail end of your time, this side of eternity. You have a chance to gather your friends, your family, your loved one, uh, loved ones, and um, you have a chance to pass along one piece of advice, and this is what you want them to remember above everything else. So fill in the blank for us. Above all else, passion. And I think Passion, to me, means a lot of different things. You need to have passion for what God has called you to and go at it with all of your might and all your effort. And if you can, at the end of your life, say that you saw the vision that God laid out for you and you pursued it with all the passion that you could, then I think you would have lived a life well or had a life well lived. Passion. That's right. I love it. I love it. And that, that means, um, you know, there's probably somebody right now who's listening who uh, may be discouraged, and they, they can't wake up, or they're not waking up with that passion, or it's like they're wondering, God, you know, where are you? 
give a word of encouragement to that person, would you? What would you say to them? I would say that everything in life is a season, and there will be distractions from the vision that God gives us. There will be times when you feel like you're not going to be able to make it to the other side, but we know that we trust in a God who is bigger than any circumstances around us, and if he's the one who's ordained that vision in your life, then you know that he will carry it to completion. Fantastic. Folks, that is uh, incredible counsel and encouragement from Troy Duell. He's the managing partner at Centurion Labs here in Birmingham, Alabama. Troy, thanks for being on the program today. What a blessing. This has been fun. Thank you. Absolutely. Appreciate the time. You just have invested in us, and we're just so grateful for that. So you can check out Centurion Labs at centurionlabs.com. Check them out on the web. Hey, listen, folks, I can't believe we're at the end of another episode here at Bottom Line Faith, but uh, what a blessing it is to have talked with Troy today. Uh, just one more reminder, uh, if you're not a regular uh, listener or subscriber, go to bottomlinefaith.org. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. You can subscribe there whether you use iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, you know, the normal uh, platforms there to subscribe to, to uh, podcasts. Also, if you're a Christ follower and you are a business owner, we like to say if you're the one signing the front side of the paycheck, the president, the CEO, the business owner, you might want to check out truthatwork.org. We are the host ministry here at Bottom Line Faith. Go to truthatwork.org, click on that tab there that's called Roundtables, and you're going to see the opportunity to connect with one of our uh uh, roundtable groups in dozens of cities across the country. We have hundreds and hundreds of business owners just like you. We hope that you will um, uh, be interested in checking that out. And uh, again, thanks for joining us today. And uh, until next time, this is your host, Ray Hilbert at Bottom Line Faith. God bless. Go serve God faithfully in the marketplace and be encouraged today. We'll see you soon. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at bottomlinefaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes.